Have you been curious about fertility awareness and which method is right for you? Are you sick of the one-size-fits-all approach to healthcare, being just another number at your doctor's office? Do you feel alone in your fertility journey, like you have no one to talk to, or no one understands you, or like you've been left out of the conversation completely? Do you wish someone would just be straight with you about the practice of fertility awareness in real life? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Mary Bruno. And I'm Emily Frazee. And together, we're on a mission to make fertility awareness and restorative health care more accessible and more authentic. We bring the hard and uncomfortable conversations that touch the nitty-gritty parts of the practice that matter to you. Welcome to the Fanbase Podcast. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. We are so excited to bring you today's conversation that we had with the lovely Jamie Rachi. Jamie is a fertility care practitioner, the founder and owner of the Fiat Institute, and the co-host of the Hormone Genius Podcast, and the founder of a nonprofit women's healthcare center called Guiding Star Valley. Jamie holds a master's degree in community health education, where she studied the effectiveness and use of fertility awareness-based methods and their exclusion from most medical settings. Jamie's personal and professional experiences have led her to believe in the power of fertility and hormone awareness to transform women, families, and culture. Women today have a pixelated view of the true beauty of their bodies and their innate abilities, and Jamie is passionate about bringing women's sight back into focus through an enthusiastic message of hope, empowerment, and feminist geni feminine genius facts that are sure to encourage you through every season of womanhood. Jamie and her husband of 13 years live in Iowa, my goodness, I can't talk today, with their four children. And y'all, we just had so much fun in this conversation. Mary and I, first of all, learned so much from Jamie, and it was just kind of a 50-minute long geek out about the way that our bodies work and hormones and how interconnected everything is and how cool that is. Um, so yeah, we, we, we definitely were showing our nerd card today. Um, but Jamie, she shared how in the beginning... Um, of her work that there was actually some resistance to working in uh, fertility awareness and, and hormone um, education. And, you know, it's just kind of funny how our lives kind of take us on these paths that we don't expect. And I certainly resonated with that aspect of her story a lot. And then she shared a lot about the work that she does, what a hormone coach is, what they do, how they work, how they can help women. Um, and, and we describe it as, when she was describing it to me, the word that popped into my head was, this is like a triage opportunity, um, that something you can do before going to a doctor, um, get go to a hormone coach and get this type of stuff checked out. And she just has her finger on the pulse of something that I think is really incredible. And so it was so fun uh, to talk to her and to learn learn from her and learn with her. Um, and at the end of the episode, I did ask her because one of the things that can become kind of overwhelming with fertility awareness is that it, it's basically a gateway drug into a lot of different things. When you start to learn how your body works and, and what affects your body and what affects your body negatively, it can certainly have an impact on the way that we view just kind of daily living, diet, you know, all this type of stuff. It, it can kind of instill a little bit of fear about how we live. And so I asked her about how to balance all of this knowledge with living 
you know, just kind of trying to live a, a normal life. Cause I think that that is becoming more of a challenge, uh, in this day and age where we do have such a depth of understanding of the way our bodies work. And we feel like that kind of closes off different options or things for us. For example, the example that we use is eating potato chips, which we know are terrible for you. Um, but her answer was so perfect and I loved it. Uh, and this is towards the end of the episode. She uses an analogy of a tightrope. And that's all I'm going to share with you because you're going to have to listen to the whole episode to get it. So enjoy our conversation today. We're so excited to have you listen. Welcome to the fan base podcast. I am Mary here with my co-host, Emily, and we have a special guest for you, Jamie. I am a huge fan of the Hormone Genius podcast. Okay. You are one half of that. Yeah. Every time I see your name, I want to say Rathjen. Oh yeah. I know. It's so confusing. <laughs> Explain to me how to pronounce it and where it comes no. from. <laughs> okay. Here's a trick. So it's raw chi, but just okay. think of raw cheese. Raw cheese. Yes. E at the end. Raw okay, cheese. Raw chi without the S-E. Okay. All right. That helps. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I already know a little bit about what you do um, mm -hmm. from listening to the Hormone Genius podcast. Mm -hmm. I know you're a Creighton practitioner. I've yep. learned recently you're a hormone coach. Yep. Um, you're also a founder of a woman's nonprofit healthcare center. So please explain to us just a little bit about you. How did this all come together for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say from the Lord, truly. <laughs> um, I like when I was young, I was so weirded out by my female body. Like I was not super interested in how my body worked or anything, you know, very vague and uncomfortable. And I often joke that, you know, in high school and middle school, even, you know, when you're thinking about like your growing body and you need bras, you know, I would be mortified to, re to reference my breasts or boobs or whatever. I'd call them chestal units. Um, so that is what I would do. I wouldn't, wouldn't even reference my body parts appropriately even going into high school. Isn't that so sad? Of all the terms, chestal units. That's I know. Term. I'm like, I can say that, you know, so funny enough that now I love talking about cervical mucus. And that's like probably one of the worst words, like mucus. No one likes saying that, you know, so funny. It's so funny. So, um, I, in college ran collegiate track and that was my life. I loved to run and it was a bit of a distraction because I didn't have to think too far in advance if I just focused on my um, track career. But then as my senior year was getting closer, I actually had a, a track injury that forced me to rethink what, you know, I would, we would be doing after graduation. I decided to stay um, for that extra year of track, but then also to get a master's at the college that I was already going to, you know, the plan was for me to kind of go on and go to a different program for occupational therapy. But I thought I'm going to just, you know, stay close, get my master's and then go on, you know, once my track career is finished. So interestingly enough, um, my degree was in community health education. We had to pick an end of the year topic um, to research and I chose fertility awareness based methods. And so um, at the time, my husband and I were engaged to be married. So I just wanted to learn so I wouldn't have to like, you know, pay, which now I hate it when people do that. Um, but I'm like, I'm just going to self-teach myself how to use a natural system to avoid pregnancy in our marriage. And like that mild curiosity turned into a full-fledged passion. And so then like one thing led to another. So this whole concept of fertility awareness 
not needing birth control, um, understanding that our body tells us, gives us data about our health and our hormones, I decided to dig deeper. And so my little like research paper turned into like a, like an actual like IRB approved research where I interviewed doctors and nurses in my community and tried to understand why they don't share this information with their female clients. So it just like, you know, a long story short, it I was activated by what I was mildly curious about. And then it turned from curious again to like obsession. So I knew that it was from, again, the Lord, because that's how you know it when you can't stop thinking about this one thing. So I'll stop there. We can kind of chit chat because there's, of course, more to the story. Um, I don't know. Did you guys have that? Like, did you feel with this? Oh, yeah. like, right. Like you just can't oh, get yeah. head. Well, it's so funny because, you know, what you're talking about is like, oh, no, I don't even want to like touch these things with a 10 foot pole. Like I'm going to call them chestal units, whatever. Like there are so many things that I have said um, that I would never do. And then all of a sudden, like it's the thing that I'm doing and I love it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I joke about is like, you know, I always said I, I could never marry a Yankee. I could never, never marry someone in politics. I could never be in politics, all this type of stuff. Well, after college, like I'm married to a guy from Wisconsin who works with lawyers all day. And we met in the political sphere in DC. So I'm just like, you know, like <laughs> that type of stuff happens. Like whenever you say never, God's like, Oh, you sweet summer child. Like here's, yes. here, here's well, what's like, going to happen. The careers we're in don't really exist. Yeah. We're kind of creating them. We if are. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. That's what I'm literally just realizing. Cause as a, as a child growing up, it's like, oh yeah, I want to be a fertility awareness professional. when I grew up, right. that just doesn't, that's something we're creating a whole field. So like, yeah. that's how it works. God puts it on your heart. And like, it's like, yes, because we need this, we are needed in all of our feminine genius glory and all the different ways we do it. It's just so interesting to see how that comes together. Oh my gosh. For your podcast listeners, um, they don't see me, but my head is about to like come off my body because I'm nodding so much. <laughs> It's so true. That's such a good point. Like we're creating the jobs that people are going to want to have in the next generation. We didn't even know this kind of job could exist. It's so true. I love it. Which actually explains the imposter syndrome. Cause I'm like, am I qualified to do this? And it's like, yes, no, nobody's qualified to do this. We're creating it right now. Yes. <laughs> Bombs. Oh my gosh. Oh, so man. good. That is so, so, so good. I feel so much better about myself now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. not alone. Yeah. Let's yeah. just pat ourselves on the back here for a moment. Totally. All right. All right. Yeah. What's the, the dad joke is don't break your arm while you do it. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. No, this is like, I, I, I love that how you have that passion. Okay. So when you were talking about doing this research and you went to the doctors and you're like, why don't you talk to women about this? What did they say? Oh man. Oh, Emily, okay, this is crazy. There's so much I could say about this. Um, first off, they would say, no, I don't share this with my clients because the, it's the rhythm method. It's guesswork. Like, I don't waste my time with that. So of all of the medical professionals that I interviewed in my community, all of them besides one didn't either even know what I was talking about or they don't even offer it as an option unless someone's wanting to actively achieve pregnancy, but never for avoiding but that one woman, that one woman who had heard of it, and she she was working at the um, the college student center in town, and she would offer it as an option. And the only reason why is because of how she was raised. 
So when I was doing these interviews, I realized I need to add another layer. I need to ask, how were you raised? And does that influence what you do in the doctor's oh, Interesting. And it does. It does. It truly does. And so it's funny because most of the people I interviewed, they didn't, you know, they weren't raised knowing that. And again, many of the men who would answer my call, actually, I mean, they were men, not women. That would have been a better study. You know, if I were to do it over, it'd be a little different, but just so interesting. So this woman who um, was raised knowing it, giving it um, to women as an option, what happened unbeknownst to me, and I'm just this random college girl that's calling all these random doctors, right? She writes down my name on a piece of paper and she keeps it for years because that day she felt God calling her to do better. And so now she's trained in NatPro. She quit that job. She has a whole other career. Again, I didn't even know who she was. And she wrote down my name again. And she only told me later, like, Jamie, you know, that call changed everything. I'm like, oh, I just asked you five questions. <laughs> like it was a survey, you know, wow. it's insane. It's incredible. And so Guiding Star Project, if you guys have heard of that, mm-hmm. Amir, you you were um, kind of sharing, you know, that I'm a founder of a women's healthcare center in my community called Guiding Star Cedar Valley. And so that's one of eight, I think now, um, Guiding Star Centers in the nation, Guiding Star Project. It's a it's a nonprofit women's health care movement. Um, but she even like served as the board chairwoman at our Guiding Star. So it's wow. beautiful. So to answer Amazing. your question, Aaron and um, Emily, I'm sorry, and Mary, Guiding Star's tightly woven into to that which is so cool. I don't know if you that's guys have amazing. been a star before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. It, it is, but it's not, it's like, it's always going to be those little things. Yeah. Like so many things just kind of hinge off of the things that you as the question, like you're not even thinking like, I'm just doing my project and I'm, right. you know, whatever. And you just, yeah, you have no idea what that's going to mean to the other person. And yeah. Yeah, I think um, like a gut check, like she had to ask, ask herself, why am I really prescribing birth control? Like, is this really good for the college women that I'm serving? And she just came to realize that it, it really wasn't. And you a know? lot of us are so nervous to like ask our doctors questions. And like, it, sometimes it's really that simple. Like you just asked a few questions and that got her to think. I mean, that's not gonna happen like that every time. Obviously you ask a lot of doctors questions, but it's just nice to know that it could be that simple if if that doctor is in the right place to like, you know, go, go and do more research and find out a little bit more. Totally. And God was working on her heart, you know, far before that call. It was just like kind of that divine timing, I think too. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, obviously fertility awareness and the actual practice of it with actual like methods. I know you're a Creighton practitioner, like that is one part. I know that you have the hormone coaching part. Tell us a little bit about what hormone coaching is. Mm-hmm. And how does that relate to fertility awareness? Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, can you just explain, like, are they, do they work together? Does it work with any method? Like, how does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. And actually, as I answer this, I'm going to tie that into kind of maybe the timeline, um, which is perfect timing. So um, when I started getting really convicted about uh, like fertility awareness methods, I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more and I wanted to know more. And ladies, you would probably are that same way but I just am a learner by nature. And so I went and got trained as a fertility care practitioner through Creighton. Um, and it was incredible. It changed my whole life. Um, you know, you guys know that because again, we know how big that has become. Um, 
but it still wasn't enough for me for some reason. I felt like there wasn't, not that it wasn't enough, but because I like to learn, I wasn't done there. That's what I should say. I wasn't done there. So even so, like I thought, well, maybe I'll go and like sit in through the FEM training and I want to see what I learned through that. And I, and I've always just wanted to learn. Um, I'm really into like essential oils now and herbs and natural medicine and learning so much about like, you know, supplements and eating right and all of that to me in my head, it would make sense that all that all affects our body, right? Like to be well and our hormones, the role of our hormones is to keep our body at homeostasis and our hormones are more than just our sex hormones, you know, like cortisol is a stress hormone that impacts our sex hormones. So that means if I'm stressed, it's going to impact my you know, my sex hormones, my progesterone and my estrogen. So that was the stuff that I felt really curious about. And I didn't really learn that, which was fine. Because again, the main goal for Creighton and FEM and those systems for avoiding and achieving pregnancy is really to teach the women how to understand their times of fertility and infertility, right? And then if there's this infertility pattern or this, you know, health concern of some kind through the charting pattern, then we're trained to refer them on to a doctor. But the program I created, so through the Fiat Institute, that's my organization name is the Fiat Institute, and I train women to be hormone coaches. And that really came from, again, this gap that I experienced personally in serving women, not even just in my own brain, but even as women would come to me, I started realizing, yes, I need to refer this woman to the doctor, but she just came back. You know, this woman's going to come back because you know, maybe she just has an unhealthy lifestyle, which is why she has heavy bleeding. You know, what about those women who have heavy bleeding? They don't have endometriosis. We refer them on to the doctor, but then like, what does the doctor do? You know, they don't have the time to coach them through all the lifestyle factors, just like they don't have the time to teach them about their whole chart. That's why fertility care practitioners exist. But who's taking the time to talk about them with them about our stress you know, the impacts of stress on our body and a healthy gut and liver and toxic load and all that. So to answer your question, um, it really came from the the gaps I saw. Um, so people who come to see hormone coaches. So at this point, I've trained about 30 women to be hormone coaches. They all come in like um, different shapes and forms. When I say that, I don't mean physically, although that is true, too. <laughs> We're all God's children. We are all different shapes. But I mean, in terms of like their profession. So um, I would say maybe like a quarter of them are trained in femme or um, uh, created method. And then, you know, a handful of others are like in the medical profession. So PAs, midwives, DOs, which has been incredibly humbling. You guys, for me, I'm like, why don't you just go through the NAPRO training? And they could, they probably will someday. But I feel like this is like a bridge getting people to like, you know, understand health and wellness. And then let's dig deeper. Um, so, yeah, I would say that it's just that perfect companion piece. It doesn't replace charting. We do teach them how to chart 101 basic, but it's not like we're saying we're going to help you avoid pregnancy. It's all through that health aspect. Got it. That makes so much sense because I've been a Creighton practitioner for like for about four years ish now. And I'm noticing, especially as I, one of my best friends is a Creighton practitioner and she's a nurse and she has all this valuable knowledge about nutrition that I don't have and like nursing. And 
And then you, and I, I, you know, you realize you have all these different backgrounds that come together to become like an instructor, but I know where I'm limited. And I know like my friend, Lisa, she's, man, she, she knows, I'm like, she knows a lot of this stuff. So I'm asking her. And so like, we have these people we refer to, whether it's a nutritionist or pelvic floor physical therapy. So I get it. It's like, cause I really don't have the time or the expertise to sit down and, and talk about these lifestyle changes. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And too, I think there's something um, to be said, which is very important from the Creighton world, which is where I'm from, to have like those meetings be very standardized and very, you know, you can't really don't, you don't deter much from the main thing, which is great because you can study that. But in ways that also was difficult for my personality. And I think too, like for my hormone coaching program, it's different in that way too. You know, it allows space to exercise our feminine genius. And so there are these coaching tools called the Fiat Way coaching methodology. It's how we we like literally learn how to tap into our feminine genius, how to utilize those, and then how to also help that woman undo some of those knots in her womanhood that hormones are, you know, will either be you know, a byproduct of like a, maybe a stress issue based on negative self-talk, for instance. Um, and so that's really what we're doing. We're, we're celebrating the identity of women and we're giving them cause to celebrate their body hormones and all, you know? And so that's also, I guess, why that's different. We really like we're their sister, essentially, you know, we get to know them very, very well. It's more than just that standard appointment, you know, I'll see you next in the next two weeks, you know, boom, boom, boom. it's like we're friends. Yeah, this is, it's really cool because like what you're basically talking about, which is something that I know Mary and I have like personally experiencing. And, and certainly for me, like with fertility awareness, when you start reading the chart and you start to read like so many things in the chart, not just your fertility, but the fact that so many things go into making your fertility happen. And then you just start going down like all these rabbit holes of like, oh my gosh, like if I eat these things or if I do this type of exercise or if I'm not sleeping or you start to realize just how integrated we are and how one thing, you know, how you're talking about like the negative self self talk, like raises your, your stress hormone. Like, yes, like you're kind of going into putting yourself potentially into fight or flight mode, depending on how intensive that is. Right. So cortisol is going to shoot through the roof. Right. And just being aware of, you know, the, the integration of our mind, body, soul, and like how that all plays out. And the fertility awareness really is kind of, it's the gateway drug into all of those other things and, Mm -hmm. and starting to read your body in this chart. And I think that, you know, probably a lot of women listening, certainly for me, Mary, like probably you too. Like when you start to read that, it can be overwhelming because we don't live in a world where we think about ourselves as integrated persons. We think about it, uh, all of these things as interconnected and, you know, seeing this problem, you know, okay, so I have a fertility issue. I have heavy bleeding, like you're describing, but that's so far down river from something that is going on that actually needs to be addressed. Like that's a symptom of something else. Mm-hmm. So let's figure out what that root problem is and address that. And it's so not the way that kind of our traditional medicine paradigm is set up. Mm-hmm. When I go to the doctor's office, I spend 15 minutes with them. They have no idea anything about my body, right. no idea. And I think that we, we were kind of trained to go into that space and just like, I'm going to list off my symptoms and the doctor will give me a drug that I walk out with that will fix my symptoms. 
And it's right. really like, as I say that out loud, I'm just kind of like, we're, we're treating ourselves like computers, mm-hmm. you know, input problem, output solution. And that's not the way that we operate, but that's so much about like, and not even just with fertility, but everything. Like if we have allergies, if we have a cold, you know, like whatever, like I'm going into the doctor for 15 minutes of their time. And they're supposed to know all of these factors in 15 minutes. Right. So, I mean, like, it makes perfect sense that you have kind of what you're describing, what the word that popped into my head was triage. Like, let's do some, let's actually kind of parse this out and see if there is kind of a a lower impact solution that actually is a solution without you having to go do this like intensive testing and all these types of things. Like, let's check some other boxes first. Mm -hmm. It might be more work, but it could be a better long-term solution. Yeah. Totally. And a lot of our clients, like I was saying, I don't know if I finished saying this thought earlier, um, do chart with a system. So of course, like the women that I teach to be hormone coaches, yes, some of them are um, trained in a system. So this just adds like another, you know, service or product, you know, that they have. But women who come to us often are already charting their cycle. You know, they know like that there's an imbalance, but there's not an answer for them, you know. They don't have, again, these like diagnoses that doctors look for when they run labs. As a matter of fact, there's this woman I just had a conversation with last week and she had seen so many doctors. She is so tired. She she can't get up to like use the restroom without sweating. She can't like on the phone. I'm like, would you like to do Zoom? No, I can't. I don't have the energy to sit up and talk to you. I'm like, you've been going to the doctor and they're like, she did, they just do labs and they say I'm normal. I'm like, you're, this is something that's not right. I mean, like she is so tired and it's like, people aren't taking the time, you know, and, and through these questions, I realized she's not getting enough fat. She's not eating enough fat. You need healthy fats for hormone production. Cholesterol is a precursor. You need cholesterol to produce hormones. So if you don't have enough healthy fat, you're not producing your hormones. And I said, has anybody taught you that before? This woman's 50. And she's like, no. And I'm like, you've gone to like 70 doctor, like all these never once. I just asked her what she eats in a day. It took me less than four minutes to ask her that question. I'm like, holy moly, how are we missing the mark? So hormone coaches are trained to ask the right questions. Um, we say, ask the second question, Emily Freeman. She has um, a podcast. She's incredible. Um, I really listened to this podcast episode of hers once, the second question, and it really inspired me. I'm like, that's what we do as hormone coaches. You know, we know when to sit present and we know when to ask questions, but yeah. Yeah. As you're talking, it's, you know, this kind of brings up that other area that we just, we don't really the way the female body works is not really something that we want to spend the time to understand. Right. Not something that we encounter in so many different areas. And even as you said, like your body needs cholesterol. How many of us just heard that? It was like, wait, I thought cholesterol was bad. And how many of us know that there's two different types of cholesterol and that you need a certain amount of both. Like I remember, you know, I, I'm a little bit of a biology nerd. Like I loved that growing up when I was in school, I, I ate it up, but like literally your cell membrane is made of cholesterol. Mm -hmm. So in order for you to be you and to just not be like a blob, like you need cholesterol. I mean, Mm -hmm. like this is actually like an important, but understanding that there are healthy sources of cholesterol, unhealthy sources of cholesterol, and just making sure that there's a balance. Like we just don't, it's just, no, this is bad just to make it easy or something. And then you wind up with, with issues like this. Yeah. And sometimes just like I said, asking those simple questions, 
you know, like we, at the beginning of the episode, we were talking about the imposter syndrome, right? Emily, I think you said that. And it's true. Like, you know, even for me, who am I to train women to be hormone coaches? And like, you know, I have my master's degree. I studied this. I mean, of course I, I can train women to be hormone coaches. Um, but that imposter thing comes up and the women that come, I'm like, but listen, who I train, listen, like women aren't even. So if we think of a scale, like one to 10 on how much we can know about our hormones, 10 being the most, one being the least. We are like, as a culture, like a negative number. It's not, it's not even that we don't know enough. It's that what we think we know is wrong. (laughs) So I said, as a hormone coach, if I can teach you three levels deep, that's all I need to teach you. Then we're like filling in a five point gap there. You know, I mean, we're just correcting it. So again, if women are like, I I don't know enough, I don't No, believe me, it'll be fine. (laughs) Like I can teach you. Because again, we're working with a group of women that don't really know anything. Yeah. I mean, you're basically going to the basics, which because I'm assuming in a world saturated with birth control everywhere we look, and it's just so natural. Uh, Well, it's not natural actually, but you know, it's just more normal to just like assume birth. It's It's not common. That's what I meant. (laughs) I mean, it's natural for that to be the first thing in your mind, you know? Um, So when that is so widely accepted. And so many people are on it, of course, like, how how has that influenced what you do, by the way, like, just -hmm. understanding hormonal birth control, how it works, how you've seen it affect the lives of real women. Can you speak a little bit to that too? And how that influences what you do with hormone coaching? Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's honestly, that was the deciding or that was like the the pinnacle it's what I think about a lot is that woman who is on birth control and knows no other option so it's interesting I love the book beyond the pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton so good and she breaks down these numbers and she's talking about how 60 percent of women who are using birth control are using it like the 60 percent of all women on birth control are using it for some sort of health reason So it's a combination factor. Some of them are using it for birth control and health, and some are just using it for health alone. In my head, I'm thinking, well, then that means 40% of women using birth control are all actually using it to avoid and to achieve pregnancy. So if we think about people who want to chart their cycle for planning their family, then we're really only capturing 40% in theory. I mean, that's like our our potential, you know, if we're trying to get 40% of women, you know, discontinuing the pill or just in general, like the ratio of kind of where women are at in terms of their goals. So then I'm like, oh my gosh, 60%. If that's who we go to, if that's our target, the women who don't want to be on the pill, they don't know their other options. Or again, they're charting their cycle. They're not going to be on the pill. They don't want to, they don't feel comfortable, but they, their life, they just, oh, it's dreary and it's depressing and sad. They're not going to go on the pill, even though people promise it's going to fix all their issues, but they're still not getting the help they need. So I see anger often come out when we're working with women. Like, why was I never told this? You know, 30% of women change their birth control method five times. That's a lot of women. There's like 17 million, that number's always increasing, 17 million women um, on birth control. And think about 30% of 17 million changing their birth control method, not once, twice, three times, but five times. And then that's because they're having unwanted symptoms. Side effects. Yeah. They hate it. They hate the way it makes them feel like it sucks, man. (laughs) So, so like, man, if we can just like, and that's the thing too, is I'm thinking for people who know charting systems exist 
but they're not going and doing that because again, maybe they have a health issue. They think, well, that doesn't apply to me. Even though they still could, we know that. We know they could chart their cycle and still get great data and be working with their doctors. We still want our clients to chart, but something still is not bridging that gap though. So that's also a goal for this program is we, we're the bridge. So if they're not charting by the time they start with us, they absolutely will want to. And again, they kind of start, but we're kind of setting them up with like what method might be the best one for you because charting your cycle is so important. So we're helping her to restore whatever these health conditions are, educate her about her hormones and her, about, you know, gillis, gut inflammation, liver, adrenal, sex hormones, you know, but we want to put a good face on it. Like we want to make hormones cool again. That's the mantra because <laughs> people have a lot of preconceived notions. I'm like, no, we're like the PR team. We're like going to make this so cool that people are going to be like, oh yeah, hormone coaches are, you know, bomb.com. A thing. Yeah. Jamie, do you work with women with low libido or anything like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. First question I would ask is what, you know, how old is that woman? Um, but typically low libido is of course like we know estrogen and testosterone have a relationship estrogen and testosterone are boyfriend and girlfriend with one another so if estrogen is low testosterone will be low and we know testosterone drives libido but what do you have like a a person in mind or like a case in mind no I just know there's a lot of different things that go into that clearly but I know it's also like it's not the easiest thing to go to your doctor with Sure. Uh, for the same reason we discussed before. So it just, it's just like nice to have that other avenue to talk about lifestyle and nutrition Absolutely. and supplement stuff. So I was just curious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We typically, we have the women like identify their three main pain points and that's typically what we're really targeting okay. are those things. What do you mean when you say pain points, like um, lifestyle issues or like actual physical pain or yeah, it can, it can vary. I should, I could say three goals or pain points. So maybe yeah. they have difficulty losing weight, they have acne and they have really painful periods, you know? Okay. So those would be the three things. And then over the course of, you know, two to three months, again, I trained the coaches to have the information and they get to decide truly how long they want to meet with, with the client. Um, but over the course of those two to three months, then of course that's giving the, the focus to the coach so that they know what they're really going to drill into. And how that works. Yeah, that makes sense. So if somebody's interested in in doing hormone coaching, of going through your program, is it open to anybody or do you have to have like some other certifications or experience before you do that? Because I know like with Marquette, for example, you have to be a, a medical health professional right. before right. you do that. Nope. Um, the only thing I'd say at this point, the most important thing is that there's mission alignment. There's mission alignment. So Um, as long as we have that same worldview of the, um, the genius of our body, the genius of our hormones, we don't want to interrupt a healthy biological process like fertility or pregnancy, you know, that is a very important aspect. Um, so I interview all of the students, you know, you could go on and be a coach or sign up for a thing and go to a website and just pay for it there. And then you're in, but that's not how it is for mine. Um, I really think it's very important for women. Like, you know, when we're healing, it's important to heal in community. We can't heal by ourselves. We need others to heal. I think the same thing is true when we learn. Like women, I think will best learn 
in a community. Can we learn doing a course online by ourselves? Yes. Yes, we can. But it, there will be far more joy and transformation in our own lives when we learn with community. So we become like sisterhood, like tight, like travel to different states with one another, having been a stranger six months prior. <laughs> like, And I feel like that's how you start a movement. You know, Aaliyah Jacobson, the CEO and founder of Guiding Star Project, you know, she feels called to start this holistic feminism movement. And this definitely falls in line with that movement. But again, movements begin for with women in community. And so that's another key aspect of my program is they have to be the right fit. And often like it comes through prayer and discernment on both sides. Yeah. I love that. I love that, that you, you have, there, you know, it's, it's interesting, like as, as we get into this space and as we're, so many of us are creating our own kind of niches in this space and it's awesome. It's like, we can kind of, I, I think a lot of us can get caught up in, well, I want to help everybody, but I, it, what really is of value is when you have a clear mission and you have a clear goal, because it's not just about helping everybody because that's how you burn out. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you lose sight of what your mission actually is. But having that clarity of mission and, and yes, some people are not going to want to do your program and some mm-hmm. people are not going to want to learn. And that's okay because who you are going to serve is like, it's intentional. And I love what you're saying about how women learn in community, like a hundred percent. I think that we're just, we're kind of designed to be more relational. It's just, it's, it's who we are. You know, I, I hear all the time women will come to me and they'll be like, why aren't there things like what you're doing for like the men? And I'm like, because the men don't do it. That's not how they operate. That's how we operate. Like, you know, if we want these things for our husbands, like, or, you know, partners, whatever, like they're going to have to create it. Like we're creating this for us. Cause that's, that's kind of what we do. That's just our bread and butter. That's how this works. But for the guys, like, it's, it's, a, it's a totally different way of doing that, doing that thing. But that it just made me think of when you were talking about that, like the differences as well, that, yeah, it'd be great if these things existed for men, but they got to make it. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. And if it was made for them, again, would they participate? Would it fill them as much? Probably not, right? Yeah, it wouldn't have the same power. And I love, I mean, we've all kind of spoken to it a little bit, but I love what you're talking about mission alignment. That's the term you used, right? And obviously mm-hmm. like, so that's how you're going to get the people that best work with each other too, because your missions are aligned. Totally. Um, and and also like both of y'all are speaking so much to this and what we at Fanbase hope to speak to is is treating each individual as a whole person. Mm-hmm. And we're not just a physical body. We we're so much more than that. And and it seems like that's what you're really capturing. I I looked at some of your information. I, I saw the terms holistic worldview, fiat woman, holistic feminist. And I think you've already kind of like translated some of those, but but I just think that's really unique. And I think it is going to be helpful to a lot of women. But we were also talking about health issues and coming from birth control. And a lot of women are on birth control for health issues, health reasons, or they're not for whatever reason, able to find help from their doctor. Can you talk to us a little bit about some common issues that we see in women when it comes to hormone, we have hormones, we have thyroid dysfunction, Mm -hmm. miscarriages that can happen, PMS, postpartum depression. I know I just threw like a lot out there, but I know we only have a certain amount of time. So I'm just wondering how you can speak to some of those very common issues that a lot of women are dealing with and may not know what to do with them. Sure. sure. I'll teach you a quick like little trick. Um, and this was something that w- literally dawned on me 
personally, which is fun to say, because normally like I love to read and I'm sure it's from a culmination of all these things, but it just kind of came full circle for me. Okay. So this is a little trick tip for your listeners and for you guys. Okay. So you mentioned a lot of things. You said thyroid, like repetitive miscarriage, um, okay. So when I was like trying to navigate this whole like map, and of course we're always still learning and we're always still discovering things, but truly Gillis is what helps me stay on track. When anybody has any sort of issue, they come to me, they say, Oh, I have whatever PMS or thyroid problem. I think, okay. In my brain, when I, when I write G I L A S horizontally, where does that thing likely most land? Obviously I can't know without asking them about a million questions, which again, hormone coaches are really good at, but for the example of thyroid, for instance, okay. Someone says, I have a thyroid problem. Let's just say it's hypothyroidism. That's very, very common. Um, hypothyroidism. So, oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So Emily raises her hand. Um, yes. Okay. So we're lethargic, um, you know, dry skin, dry nails, dry hair, like really low motivation, low digestion, kind of like myrrh, you know, hypo means underactive, you know? So the first thing in my head, I think of, okay, so 90% of thyroid issues are due to an autoimmune response. So what does that mean? Um, so then we go through Gillis. So we think about our gut. When we think about our gut. What is our gut's role? It's to absorb nutrition. I mean, I'm keeping it very basic. It's to absorb nutrition. And our gut needs to be really healthy. And um, the junctions, like the, the tissue junctions need to be very tight so that the food we eat can stay within the tract and then be exposed of, like in terms of the additional nutrition that we don't need. But because of our diet and lifestyle, um, our the interstitial junctions can be loosened. So we think of leaky gut. You guys have heard that before. Okay. So again, you're wondering, how are you tying this to thyroid? But it has everything to do with your thyroid. Because if your gut is leaky, then that means toxins and whole food particles and things are flowing from what's supposed to be in your intestines out into your bloodstream. And then your body is so smart. It's like, oh, you know, danger, danger. I need to have an immune response. I need to have an immune response and fight against these things in my bloodstream that shouldn't be there. What happens is if you have this leaky gut and every day you eat food, and you keep getting all of this exposure to these quote unquote bugs in your bloodstream, your body is creating this immune response. Pretty soon it becomes autoimmune. And so when anybody says they have a thyroid condition, which we know is an autoimmune disease or any other autoimmune disease, I always think, what is the state of that gut? Because there's inflammation and inflammation drives autoimmune disease. So if it's a thyroid issue, my key, again, this is really keeping it basic, (laughs) But like something that like I love is turmeric. So there's like golden lattes, you know, and like turmeric capsules, which are like the powder and the oil combined, which creates um, a more bioavailable to your body. But like anti-inflammatory foods and yada, yada, I would be bringing those in, you know, for instance, or cleaning up the diet, which is sometimes harder said than done you know, decreasing my toxic load, really taking care of my gut. Okay. That is an example. So Gillis GI, I went through gut and I knew inflammation, inflammation, thyroid, they're kind of connected and it all trails back to that gut. Keeping it really simple. There's, you know, hereditary factors and all these other things, but that's one example. 
Did that make sense what I just said just now? Okay. I'll give you one more example. So if somebody I kind of want to just be like, okay, so tell me more. Like, (laughs) because it's like, if this is, I, I kind of, I don't know. It wasn't technically like, it wasn't defined as hypothyroidism. It was just, she told like my, I went to an integrative medicine doctor and she said, low functioning thyroid. And so now I'm like, I need to book a session and just be like, okay, tell me all of the things. (laughs) You know, what's interesting. One more thing I'll say about thyroid, which I think is so like no one talks about this. I don't, so thyroid is very complicated. I'd say it's one of the most complicated things personally, because you have well, like second from the pituitary gland in terms of like coordinating all of your hormones. So it's like, it's up there. Yeah. yeah. But so, so, so I, I don't, again, keep it really basic. Sometimes it's hard for me to do that, but so <laughs> the pituitary gland stimulates the thyroid with TSH thyroid stimulating hormone, but then your, um, your thyroid produces T3 and T4 Mm -hmm. and T3 is your active hormone and T4 is your inactive hormone. The thing about the thyroid that's tricky is if, if your liver, kidneys, gut, adrenals, if your organs specifically, those are not doing well, like remember with the gut, but even the liver and the kidneys, then that is, that also may be a factor as to why our thyroid is underactive because that T4 from the thyroid has to get sent off to those organs and then active T3 gets sent back. But it's not going to send active T3 back if those organs are in distress. That's why the thyroid is complicated. And that's why a lot of people sometimes have a hard time pinpointing it because they don't know where is it coming Mm -hmm. from. Is it a dull signal from the pituitary gland? You know, is my thyroid not sending off the single strong enough? Is my, like, are the liver and my gut, like, are those not sending this signal back? And so that's why hypothyroidism is so common, but there's different forms. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. is not interesting. So then we got to yeah. think about cleansing the gut, decreasing our toxins, decreasing inflammation. I mean, it all goes to that. I'm kind of chuckling because we've been doing like a three month long sleep regression. And I'm like, my adrenals are just kind of like, we are not functioning right now. So there's no, de- <laughs> I'm like, okay, no. problem solved. Like, I just need my kid to sleep through the night. And <laughs> what is your kid? He's six months. Uh, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's been on like a three month long sleep, sleep regression, which I know, like, if you don't get good sleep, like that causes all sorts of hormonal problems. So it's like, if that can get worked out and it's I think there's like there's a balance here too that I think as we talk about wellness this is something that I see that people like there there is there's a healthy love of learning and 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 implementing all these things and then it can totally be taken to like okay now I'm going to like dictate my life around all of these things can you talk about like that balance yeah um because obviously like we still want to live um but like having this information, how do you like keep that balance between, I know that, you know, eating these highly processed potato chips, not great for me, but they're really freaking good. So I'm going to go for it. Anyway. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> totally, totally. I think of a tightrope. I think of an imagery a lot. I love like thinking about story and picture in my mind. It helps me learn stuff. So literally the way I think of it for my own life and for others, we even have like a tightrope exercise is I think of a tightrope. And I think if we're trying to walk across the tightrope up in the sky and the tightrope is nice and thick, cool, like less likely that we'll, you know, lose our balance. And each like little 
portion of the tightrope, you know, of course, that kind of weaves together, um, is an element of our life. So, you know, one of the parts could be our hormones. So let's say we're experiencing PMS and that now loosens up or maybe strips one away. You guys can imagine what I'm talking about. Like, you know, when like a big thick cord is like starting to break. So maybe one's broke, but the, you know, the tightrope is still pretty much intact and pretty thick. But imagine if like my diet kind of stinks and I've been, my immune system's kind of terrible and I'm not moving a lot and maybe my relationship's rocky. Now that tightrope is getting a lot thinner. So now add that PMS into that story. Like I said, that's a, a lot harder for that woman to have low progesterone at that point because of the added elements um, to that situation, you know, the, the difficulty. So that's what I think about. I think, you know, eat the potato chips. Like how thick is your tightrope? You know, do you feel like garbage? Are you eating because you're depressed? <laughs> you know, like that might be unhealthy. Or are you eating them because like you just really love your chips? but that's fine. I mean, eat, eat them. How thick is your tightrope? You know, if your tightrope is thinning out, I think first off is you always want to be aware, like being aware is the only, you know, being hormone aware, being self-aware, emotionally aware, mentally aware, being just aware. And sometimes we put pressure on ourselves to have to change and do all these things like, ah, no, like listeners, listen, here's the deal. All you have to do is be aware. Like that's the first step. You know, so you don't have to do anything. The only, like the easiest thing, the, the first thing is be aware, you know? And I always say, if you want to do something and you know that you know will be healthy and it's the easiest thing, get a big old glass of water and drink through that water every week. A big old thing, you know, like I like to get like a two quart pitcher and I just fill it up to the top and I stick a big old straw in that sucker, put it on my counter and I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I like to go to Aldi and get like that, like bin of lettuce. So instead of me being like, I need to eat a salad every day. I just think I'm going to try to get through that bin this week, whatever. And I can't get through the big one. I'll get through the small one. And that way I just think I'm going to drink that big thing on the counter and I'm going to eat that thing. And maybe I eat a two huge salads that week, but that's cool. My goal is to get through that bin you guys know what I mean? Those little plastic. Oh yeah. Lettuce. The ones, and inevitably because they're different lettuces, like one starts to decompose before the other one. Yeah. It's all weird. Yeah. <laughs> we, nobody has ever made it through an entire bin of that without that starting to happen. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I can attest to that. I so yeah, that freedom idea. though. Yeah. The yeah. Freedom. Cause I yeah. can't, I'm stressed out to, to think like I have to do, that's why I'm so not good at nutrition because I'm just stressed out mentally before I can even like learn it. Mm-hmm. I guess so I need that freedom to think of yes. it that way. I think that's really helpful. And it's like, it's very prudent. It's like, I know what's going on, but like I'm in this situation right now. And the most prudent thing is for me to do X, Y, and Z. But then later on, like, I know I have this option and then, and that kind of balances things out. Like, I love that approach. Like, I think a lot of people think because we're so hardwired with like diet culture, that like yeah. we go hardcore with this one thing and, and, you know, we do it for the stint of time. And then that's going to completely rechange, like change our life. It's like, no, there needs to be a whole mindset shift about how we think about all these things. Like the fact is we live in the United States of America and like so many of our foods are pro- highly processed. This is what, this is our life. So how do we balance that reality? You know? Yeah. Amen. And, you know, maybe the food thing is the hard thing. Maybe that's the thing where we're hearing ourselves say, I should, I should, I should, I should. 
you know, like where there's oh, maybe a little bit of shame or maybe there's some, like for me personally, I had an eating disorder in college. And so that has a more loaded thing in my mind, um, maybe than some other issues or whatever. And so I think, again, I, I like that analogy of the tightrope, like maybe give yourself grace with the food thing. Cool. But there's other elements of life that yeah. we can try to restore, all knowing that, of course, they all weave together. But maybe just start drink, try drinking more water instead of saying, I'm going to limit garbage. You know, I think that it's I like can do. I can drink yeah. water. I can drink water. Drink water, you'll be fine. <laughs> well, and then it becomes counterintuitive because then you get stressed out about eating right. right. And so like yeah. okay, you're taking care of your diet, but now your your mental health is off the ropes. But I know we need to wind up and we do ask all of our guests one question. We like to put them on the spot. Okay. Yeah, because I accidentally up. did not inform you of this. Sorry, here it comes. Oh, I'm okay. Oh, <laughs> it was an accident in, in air quotes. Yeah, no. Um, okay. Give us your elevator pitch for fertility awareness. Okay. <laughs> I feel like she's up for it though. I think you're gonna, Oh yeah, no. <clears throat> okay. Did you know that there was a beautiful natural way to manage not only your family, but your health? Imagine if you were given the tools to take control of your fertility and your health at the same time. You don't need to imagine anymore because- There are hormone coaches that are here to assist you on your journey, not only to being a hormone genius, but being the most fully alive version of yourself that you've ever hoped to become. So visit my website, (laughs) yachtinstitute.com to learn more. That's perfect. Oh, so well done. I do. Real quick, if anybody wants to, I know you have your website you just mentioned. Is that the same place to go to if somebody would like to receive the hormone coaching, not just become a hormone coach? Um, yes, yes. If you, um, want to learn to be a hormone coach, fiatinstitute.com. If you want to get hormone coaching, email contact at fiatinstitute.com. Um, and in the future, depending on when you post this fiatinstitute.com slash directory. So you could try both go to the website first. I don't know when that's not live yet, but directory would also be good. So either of those. We'll put all that in the show notes whenever we publish the episode. So as you're listening, whatever platform you're on, just drop that down and click away. Awesome. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, learned a lot myself. So I'm like, yes, I have some things buzzing that I might have to contact you about later on. But thank you so much for joining us today and sharing with us. And um, yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm glad to be here. I'm so happy to talk with you ladies th- cut from the same cloth. So it's always a fun conversation. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Listeners, thank you for being with us. And as always, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to our conversation. If you enjoy The Intersect, would you mind giving us a rating and leaving a review? You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Browse our unique website at fabmbase.org where you'll find easy to digest information on all things fertility awareness and information on how to contact us with questions or to book us for a speaking engagement. We're so glad you hung out with us today and we can't wait till next time.